Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Auburn Undercover Podcast. My name is Nathan King, Auburn Beat Reporter for 24-7 Sports and AuburnUndercover.com. And I have on hand with me today Mr. Philip Marshall and Mr. Ronnie Sanders here to discuss Auburn's loss to Texas A&M. They lost to a top-five team for the second straight game. Obviously, if you're listening to this, you watched the game, you know what happened. Um, we're just going to kind of get into not only the context of that loss, but the context of the Auburn program overall right now. Um, not necessarily what we should expect, but kind of what we've been, uh, what we, what we have been expecting this season and whether, whether this has fallen short, you know, just kind of our opinions on how things are going here as, as Gus Malzahn now has his seventh straight four loss season at Auburn. So we'll start with you guys, just kind of a general takeaway from the game. What were kind of your opinions? I guess, really, when you boil it down, it really came down to the fourth quarter, um, in, in y'all watching the game, we'll start with you, Philip. What really went wrong for Auburn there to uh, to get outscored seventeen to nothing in the fourth quarter and, and and blow that lead like they did? Well, you know what's interesting, and Gus has, has numerous times pointed this out. They didn't have the ball much. Uh, they, they they really only had it uh, seven times, not counting the the last few seconds of each half. Uh, um. But going into the fourth quarter, they had had the ball five time, five drives going into the fourth quarter, and they'd scored four times, uh, two touchdowns and two field goals. The second, third quarter, they really they had it going pretty good, and against a good defense. But the not get, you know, getting inside the ten and not scoring a touchdown once is rough. For it to happen twice against a team like that, you're asking for trouble. And and of course, one of them. Uh, one of them, uh, it, uh, they helped the tank Bixby, as Gus said, probably goes to the house on long run, but he, but he didn't. And and Bo Bo uh, missed a wide open uh, Eli Stove another time for what would have been an easy touchdown. But uh, that happens. But the fourth quarter, that was interesting. The, the first thing that, you know the uh, the Kobe McLean, who by the way played it from. Unbelievable game, really. Uh, had the uh, had the game in his hands, I think, on the interception because uh, he was going to be running for a while if he caught it. That was going to take away a touchdown if they caught it. And not only did he not catch it, it went up, bounced up in the air and became a touchdown for Texas A&M. That was a that was the play of the game, in my opinion. Uh, uh, it was a an interception that should have been that turned into a touchdown that shouldn't have been. So, 
Uh, now, that's not to say that they wouldn't have scored anyway. Well, I, actually, it was third down. Another thing is I'm still mystified why they didn't review the, the previous pass play when it certainly looked, looked on the replay like the ball hit the ground. And uh, maybe it would have stood, but I, I, it, it mystifies me they didn't even look at it. Uh, but, uh, but regardless, Auburn, Auburn got outscored 17 to nothing in the fourth quarter. And they, they, once, once that play happened uh, was the Kobe, it was, the score was 21 to 20 with most of the fourth quarter left play and, and the way they had been moving the ball. I, there was no feeling in my mind at that point that that, that touchdown ended the game. I figured Auburn would, would, uh, would go back down the field again, but they never made another first down, obviously. And uh, so, Got to give Texas A&M some credit for that, but also, but it's just kind of of uh, baffling that it happens just all of a sudden like that. So, and and get, and and Bo has actually been good in those situations with game on line. So I, I don't know, but uh, but it ended up like it did, and and you know, I, Texas A&M is good. I don't think they're great. I've never never thought they're they're actually better than I thought they would be going into the season, uh, but. Uh, they don't look like a playoff kind of team to me, but uh, maybe they are. I mean, they're going to end up with one loss. So, and you got to give them credit for that because in this strange season, that's that's an accomplishment. But but it was a game that could have been one that wasn't, and those are the uh, ones that hurt the most. Ronnie, now that you've kind of had a couple days to to sit on this one, what's what's on your mind about this game on now that Monday morning rolls around? You know, I, I agree with Phillips. I think the play of the game was the was the non-interception uh, that turned into a touchdown for Texas A&M. I think that, for me, I was sitting there watching the game, and I thought, you know, they're in trouble uh, when, I, when I saw that. So, um, you know, I, I think that it, it really hurts for Gus because it's, it's uh, you, know, what, you know, another at least four-loss season. And um, I think that uh, – you know, at some point, it's it's wash, rinse, repeat, and I, th- I think that um, you know, there's a, there's a malaise in the fan base that yeah, I haven't seen in quite a while, um, and, and it's different than 2012. Maybe Philip can elaborate on this, but it's it's different than, than 2012. It's just I think people are just tired. If that makes any sense? Yeah, and just kind of on that subject, now that we've you know transitioned to to probably what people want us to talk about, which is, which is Gus Malzahn. Um, what do you, what are what are y'all's thoughts kind of on this whole, I mean, this is how Auburn is all the time. I mean, you guys have been here a lot longer than I have, but it seems like Auburn is always kind of in this position of, um, I guess stringing along is kind of the best, the best way to put, to put it kind of a will they, won't they, there's not much, uh, I mean, I, I, there's, there's not much concrete, there's not much transparency happening about, you know, somebody coming out and saying, Nope, you know, the change is not going to be made. Gus Malzahn is still our coach really. The only time any athletic director or anything like that has said that to us in the past has been when we have met with him and have tried to prompt him about it. Um, how long have you observed this, Philip? And, and and what are your thoughts on kind of the well, way Auburn handles been true. it? It's certainly been true. It seems like with Gus, it seems like we're here every December. And and, and honestly, I think would have been here last December too had, had they not beaten Alabama. Uh, Having been through, and let me be clear, as this is nothing. This is not much like 2012. Uh, the 2012 team had had had, had packed it in. Uh, they were getting. I mean, the 2012 team got beat 
63 to 21, 38 to nothing, and 49 to nothing in their last three SEC games uh, by Texas A&M, Georgia, and Alabama, and uh, and just a couple things on that season. In those three games, in the first halves of those three games, Auburn's opponents had 18 possessions, scored 16 touchdowns, fumbled in the red zone, and killed the clock at the end of the half. That, that was those 18 possessions, and no starting quarterback played beyond the. Uh, first series of the third quarter. That would be Manziel and uh, uh, I can't remember who George's quarterback was. Was Aaron Murray the quarterback still then? Uh, uh, I don't – anyway, that, that's the way – that's how bad that team was So at the end. So uh, I don't see those kinds of comparisons uh, with this team. This team seems to still be playing hard. Uh, so – you know, but it's not, I don't think, you know, you can say, well, this wasn't Gus's fault or that wasn't Gus's fault or Gus did this or Gus did that. It's it's the malaise Ronnie talks about in the fan base. It's, uh, it's you know, you look at the whole thing and, and look, it, you got to be fair here. Gus has played an unbelievable number of number one and number two teams mainly because Alabama and Georgia have been two of those teams so much in the last five years. Uh, and that, that certainly deserves to be considered. But there comes a time when um, um, it just becomes, as Ronnie said, wash, rinse, and repeat. It's, uh, you know, you can, in this season particularly, it's one thing to lose to Georgia and Alabama on the road when they're really good, but you need to look like you belong and Auburn didn't look that way in the game. Uh, they certainly did look like they belonged against Texas A&M, but Texas A&M is not Alabama. I mean, and, and also you got to take into account that Alabama's treated everybody the same way they treated Auburn. They just beat the, beat the dog out of everybody they played, including that Texas A&M team we saw Saturday, they put 52 points up. Uh, uh, but, you know, seven straight years of, of four more losses. And I, and I don't really, I, I, I'm, more, I'm more prone to say six out of seven because the 2017 team was 10 and two in the regular season. If you don't go to the championship game, then you don't lose four games. So I, I tend to, to, to view that. And, uh, uh but still, it's six out of seven. Even if you don't, if, even if you don't count that one, and it's uh, there's I got that counted up. There's a six loss season, what three five loss seasons, and two four loss seasons, I believe it is. Uh, and and this season certainly is different. I mean, all these SEC games and everybody else, but it's different for everybody. And the fact of the matter is, Auburn people, reasonable ones and unreasonable ones want to uh, – they want to feel like they are at or getting to the same level as their rivals are. And they feel like right now that they're losing ground, which might not be totally reasonable because they just beat Alabama last year. But that's the way they feel. And uh, I wrote this, and it's true. Uh, it's playing championship-level football is a collaborative victory. You got to have everybody on the same, pulling the same direction, 
And that is clearly, very clearly not the case right now. And losing that and getting back to that are difficult. It's, once you lose it, getting back to that is very difficult. And, uh, and winning or losing Saturday at Mississippi State is not going to have any impact on that at all. And that's why, to me, and I've written this more than once, do what you're going to do. If you're going to, if, if you're going to, if you think he's the guy to get you where you, where you need to go, then, uh, uh, then say so. If you think he's not, then say so. And go ahead and, and I mean, signing day is December 11th. And I wonder if, if enough people at Auburn understand the importance of that. Uh, and because right now, you know, if you're not a guy that's just always wanted to play for Auburn, then you're wondering what the heck you should do. Uh, uh, and that's a problem. And it's showing. And uh, it's, uh, it's, it's a strange business. We all know that. <laughs> Regardless of what happens, Gus Malzahn eventually will walk away from Auburn with 50 plus million dollars. Uh, that's crazy. And not because it's Gus Malzahn, that's just crazy in general. And, uh, but when that, when that contract happened after the 2017 season or after the championship game in 2017, actually before the championship game, the, the pressure was turned up. And I, you know, I don't know how anybody can blame Gus Malzahn for taking what it could get. Uh, but that, without question, that changed the way things were viewed. It was like, we're paying this much money. Uh, we're paying the same kind of money Alabama pays and Georgia pays and et cetera. And uh, we need to see the results of that. And it has well, the, the contract has become an albatross around Gus's neck is, is, is really what's happened. And, you know, the, the, the other things, I mean, the, the mystifying loss at South Carolina and Tennessee. Right. I mean, blowouts in big games, 0-4 against LSU, Alabama, and Georgia on the road. Um, you know, and now, now it's hurting recruiting. So I, I think the contract hurt, hurt Malzahn more than it helped him. Um, you know, it, I think part of it was, was to give him stability. And what's happened is, you know, like you said, Philip, people expect more now. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, I mean, I would like to be hurt that way with 50. Fifty million dollars, but uh, no question. <laughs> but uh, uh, but there's no question that's been an albatross around his neck. It had the opposite effect that it, that was intended. Uh, and you know, Gus could have helped all this by reaching out to people more. Uh, by by uh, being something that he, it's just not his personality to be, which is the guy that says, hey, follow, follow me and I'm going to get you there and making people believe it. Uh, when Pat Dye was here, people believed it. And even when bad things happened, they still believed it. Uh, uh, even Tommy Tuberville, who had seven four-loss seasons or, or more in, t in 10 seasons. Uh, at, but... He made it his mission to win people over. And then when 
those people felt like he wasn't getting treated fairly. They rose up and saved his job in December of 2003. I mean, they absolutely did. There's that, that is not even open for debate. He was done. And, uh, but that about, you know, when you don't, when, when you don't, uh, when you don't make people feel like feel good about you, when you don't reach out to people, when you, you kind of shut yourself off, then when you need them, they're not there. And right now they're not there. Uh, and I just don't know if you can uh, get into this situation. And it really is, is much more complex than just winning a game. Uh, getting to this situation once you get once you're there is hard to come back from. He was here certainly in 2018. Uh, very similar situation actually, and uh, it came very close, very close to losing his job. And that was when the buyout was a lot more than it is now. So. Uh, we're here again, and uh, they're clearly not going to say anything. Uh, Jay Gooch is, uh, has always been adamant that you don't do anything until the season's over. So uh, they're not. But at the same time, that doesn't mean if you're not going to do anything, you can't say that uh, – uh, you can't say, hey, he's our guy. We believe in him. Uh, we're going forward with him. You can do that. And uh, – and and that they have it says a lot to me. Yeah, the, the the silence is almost deafening. Right. I wanted to touch on something that you said, Ronnie, and I just it does. I mean, they lost to three top five teams this year. I mean, that that's that's hard right. for anybody to do. But it does, like Philip said, it, we're kind of Groundhog Day, feeling very similar to 2018. But you were saying at the beginning that it 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 feels a little different, and I I agree with that too. I think I think there's just kind of a different feel to it. Um, is that to you just because of everything kind of compounding with recruiting and everything that you talked about before? Why, do, why does this kind of have that stigma to you? I think Gus fatigue is real. Uh, I think that people, you know, I was talking to, co to some, several coaches last night, actually, and, you know, the, the, the theme was overarching. You know, it's he is what he is. And so, you know, he's not changing. It's kind of like Philip said, you know, if, if you believe he's your guy, then come out and, and let's say that, you know, He's our he's he's our guy. We believe we believe in him. He's going to get us where we want to go. Um, they haven't done that, and for the fan base, it's just you know the the it's been what seven consecutive years now of four more losses, and there haven't been uh, you know the, 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 there was there was a good year in uh, in 2017. Uh, still still got four losses. Um, didn't win anything, but you know one one ten games. But um, it's been a long time since I've won a championship. And I think people are, you know, they're tired of it. Uh, they, want so, they want something better. And they think Auburn can be better. And Auburn can be better. Um, but everybody's going to get on the same page, pulling in the same direction, and get behind a coach that they feel like can get them there. And how much of that, I mean, that, that, part of that's got to be frustrating in defense of Gus for him, no, because, I mean, every season he's just – trying to get out and win games. And I think, I mean, is it just kind of the culture at Auburn and, and over the years that um, it's just kind of like this, it's just kind of, you know, this unrest with feeling like you have to compete for championships every year. Um, is that kind of what you guys have observed for a while or, or does this one feel a lot different? To an extent it's, it's that way, but the difference is, I think, and it is different. 
the difference is what's happening in, at Alabama, what's happening at Georgia. I mean, if Gus Malzahn had played the six Alabama teams that Tommy Tuberville beat in a row, then uh, he'd probably be in a lot better place right now. But reality is, reality is what it is. I mean, and you, whereas Kentucky can lose to Alabama 66 to three, <laughs> and just kind of blow it off and say, well, that's Alabama. Or even Texas A&M getting blown out at Alabama. Same thing. Uh, that, that's not the case at Auburn. And, and then, you know, when in 2016, the thing that's hurt Gus the most to me, really, when you get right down to it, is not losing to Alabama and Georgia. It's losing to Georgia in 2016 when Auburn clearly, very clearly had the better team, very clearly, and didn't win. Not being able to score at Georgia. They hardly ever score at Georgia. It's, it's amazing how, how, how inept they are when they go on the road to Georgia and to Alabama. Uh, they, they have, you know, the, uh, their games in Baton Rouge have been competitive. Uh, Should have won a couple of them. Uh, uh, against all three of those teams. I mean, they've scored 40 plus points on all three of those teams at least once at Jordan-Hare Stadium. But they can't score on the road. And the other thing that's hurt Gus is this constant, constant, I'm calling plays, that's who I am. No, I'm not calling plays. That's not what you need to do. I'm calling plays, I'm not calling plays. Uh, and, and then getting involved behind the scenes. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt he's He's more involved right now than what he said he was going to be uh, going into the season. And uh, that's hurt him. And again, the fact that people just don't feel a connection to him. And you got to get that. If you're a head coach at this level, you've got to get that done. You have got to make, you got to make people feel like we're all in this together. And, and I'm not sure he can help it. It's just not his personality to do that. And, uh, and you can do whatever you want to as long as you're winning. As long as you're winning, it doesn't matter. But and 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 he this look, assuming he wins one more game, this will be his his eighth straight winning season. It, out of, in his first eight, that's never happened at Auburn before that somebody has had a winning record every season for their first eight. And uh, there are a lot of things he's done that are good. But the whole there comes a time. It just is, it's just not working and it just doesn't feel right. And it doesn't feel right. And, uh, uh, and we'll see what happens at the end of the season because the recruiting classes, this, it, I don't think there's any doubt and I'm no recruiting guru, but it certainly appears that they're, they're going to have the, the weakest recruiting class they've had since he's been here on paper. And, uh, now, you know, there's a lot of ways to kind of mitigate that with this, with the transfer portal, with the rule coming in January that you can transfer without a, without penalty. The fact that if players want to stay, they can stay even if they're were, even if they were out there on Senior Day Saturday, they could come back and play another year if they want to, and if they wanted to. Uh, but it's just another sign because the, the other thing is their players are going to be vulnerable. They're going to be vulnerable to losing players too. It's not just that they can. 
they can take advantage of that to kind of cover cover up for this recruiting class. They're going to lose players too, or there's a good chance they will. And uh, uh, it just doesn't feel right, and it feels it feels different than that uh, most years. That it just feels like, you know, I, I and, and this is Gus's eighth year, not his tenth. But I I was standing on the practice field talking to Tommy Toverville and summer of 2008 and uh because yeah that's what you did when you went to practice was able to talk to the head coach because he wasn't paying attention to practice he was just looking for somebody to talk to him. but uh <laughs> but uh 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 he said to me he said 10 years is probably too long and he was right by the end of that season uh it just it, again that that was a bizarre season and it's just uh, there comes a time where it just like you said with Gus fatigue or it might be any coach fatigue it, Gus fatigue is a real thing and people are ready to feel better and I don't think that they see many signs of what it's going to take to make them feel better um and this year kind of exacerbated that, not because of the loss to South Carolina, the loss to Tennessee two years ago, the loss to, at Georgia in 2016, uh, those those kinds of games, and and you know, and it it, it doesn't really get brought up much, but you know, I, I, I'm not sure we'd be having this conversation if uh, if uh, Jacksonville State had made one more first down in 2015. Yeah, really. Because uh, I'm not sure any Auburn coach could ever could ever survive losing to Jacksonville State. But uh, just those kinds of games. Yeah. And then non-competitive games in the in the in the games that matter the most. And I think it's just people just are uh, they're convinced that it's, it is what it is, and that's not enough. Well, Philip, I think that's a really – I think our listeners probably really enjoyed that one. I think that's a good way of kind of summarizing everything, putting um, the Texas A&M loss and kind of the current state of the program into context. So we hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, we're going to sign off, but we'll see you guys later this week. Be sure to check us out at auburnundercover.com. And uh, thank you all for listening. Have